Welcome, welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this very, very special day in Broncos country, which is reaching around the entire world. Today, I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my guy, Andrew Mason, and we are joined by very special guest, Michael McQuaid. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Lads, uh, thank you very much. It's uh, been a very, very long time listener, massive fan of DNVR and obviously the Austin Network, so really appreciate it. And uh, as you said, it's a very exciting day. Well, Michael, I mean, we, we really appreciate all the work you do. You guys are crushing it. You guys have guest after guest on your show, and everyone's got to check out the Irish NFL show, which you host do such a good job with. Uh, and, of course, we are having you on today to talk about the Broncos and specifically to talk about the Broncos playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, the news broke probably a perfect time for you michael but the news broke here in denver at 6 a.m that it is official the broncos are playing the jags in london on october 30th at 7 30 a.m denver time and the broncos will be heading out overseas for the first time in a regular season game in a deck yeah it's it's just it, it still hasn't really hit me yet i found out sort of like late last week it was happening and it still has not hit me, but it's just fantastic for this team. It's been 12 years. And I think for, for anyone that's maybe watching this in the States, it means a lot to people over here. There's thousands of fans in, in, in the UK, Ireland, Spain, France, Germany, to name only a few countries. And it, it's going to be good. I was hoping for you guys that they were going to put the game at uh, 6 p.m., like 11 Mountain. <laughs> but it's not well, that's, what they, that's what they did last time. Back in uh, in 2010, it was a 6 It was a, or actually, I think it may have been a, a 5 p.m. kickoff, actually, because it's that week when uh, when oh. you guys set the clocks back. But here in the States, we wait another week to set the clock. We would wait another week to set the clocks back. So it was it was a it was a 5 p.m. start. Is, and let me ask you this. Were you at that game in 2010 Broncos 49ers at Wembley? No, and this is going to sound crazy. The, like the first game I watched was the Super Bowl that year. Oh wow! Literally, like that that season. That was the first NFL game I sat down and watched properly. And now, 10, 12 years on, like that's it. And I, I've I've been really looking forward to this. And we, and we all know about like Atlanta two years ago, and we all have great memories of that game in twenty ten. I, I know my friend Colin does, and it was a good experience. Um, but I think it's going to be a different thing this time around. It's, it seemed the team really seems to be embracing it, which is great. So. Yeah, the, the team is really embracing it. And one of the things that I, I wanted to get the the feeling from you, uh, be, because for a lot of fans here, I know a lot of fans are going to make the trip, especially uh, with, with not being able to travel the past few years with COVID. I know a lot of people are going to are gonna want to go and support the Broncos. But to a lot of fans here that are staying in town, uh, it, it, it's just another game. And in fact, it's a game that, you know, you wake up early or in a different game. People like that. 
for a lot of people, it's it's just in the game, but not for so many people that are are uh, overseas in London, in England. What what does this mean for people over there? And and what what are the the feelings that you've been getting? Yeah, like I've I've had to keep very quiet over the last few days, and it obviously started to leak. I think on Monday a little bit, and mm. I would say between then and now, we've had two or three hundred dms on twitter like but the wow. amount of people today that have booked flights everything from like germany somebody's booked flights from like slovenia slovakia it's just it's crazy but everyone's really excited and i think a lot of people didn't really expect this because obviously and for the right reasons the broncos picked uh, mexico for the international marketing rights and we sort of thought that that might rule us out for a while and uh, it hasn't happened so it's it's definitely it's going to be exciting um i've been to meetups in uh, in england and france and in spain as well so it's definitely going to be an exciting time this october so you just well, mentioned fans already booking from uh, or looking to book from uh from all over europe so i guess since you've been to you know a bunch of these games over there i'll ask you even with the jaguars every mo- until the pandemic the jaguars uh, went through, I believe, um, seven years in a row of playing over there. And the hope was, you know, obviously they could develop uh, some kind of fan base. So for Broncos fans going over, have the Jaguars developed a solid fan base? Or is this going to be a crowd that is 50-50 or maybe even more Bronco fans? It's, that, that's a very good question. I was at the last uh, Jaguars game in Wembley, which was a classic between the Texans and the Jaguars. That cost a lot of money. Um, they have and they haven't. They've got like a TV show over here once a week. And I think some people have like sort of adopted them, maybe if not as their first team, as their second team. There was a lot of Houston fans there that day. And, and that's what I'm hoping for the Broncos this year in Wembley, because it's obviously a bigger stadium in Tottenham. N- like the Jaguars know it, not as much. Uh, when... When the Jets came over last year, there was a lot of Jets fans and a lot of Falcons fans. Um, I think people are happy that Jacksonville obviously are giving up their game and coming over. It's fantastic for us. Uh, you know, I'm a one-hour flight from London, but I don't think they've massively cracked the markets. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence? Uh, he loved it last year. Like We spoke to him after the game, and he literally can't wait to come back. So he's going to have a busy day in October, I think, with the defense he's going to be facing. Yeah, and, and you just mentioned a few things that I want to touch on. And, and the first is the Broncos are playing at Wembley uh, and two other games that are in London are going to be at Tottenham. W- what's the difference? And uh, do you like that they're at Wembley? Do you wish they, they were at Tottenham? Both stadiums are great, but Tottenham's a great stadium because obviously they have the field under the, I think it's under the soccer field it's, or it's laid off. I mean, Mace can probably tell me more there. I, I should really know. <laughs> Uh, I, I went on the tour of Tottenham before the games last year and then obviously went to both games. It's a it's literally made for the NFL. That being said, Wembley, it's a decent time of year. It, like, I mean, the field shouldn't be used too much. And the press box, lads, is uh, it's right down at like at, at the lower level. So it's fantastic. That's but for terrible. fans, there's no bad seat in Wembley or in Tottenham for, for the NFL because even if you're in the bleachers in, in Wembley, you still feel very close to it, I think. Um, Transport-wise, Wembley's better. So if you're coming over, Wembley is uh, a lot easier because it's right beside an underground station. Tottenham is literally in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Literally. literally. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love to hear that. And, uh, and, and of course, we're going to be there, Michael. I'm sure we're going to be doing some meetups with you guys. Uh, and it's going to be an absolute party. But there is also a game that's going to be played just besides a week-long party leading up to that game. And, and you kind of touched on it. You, you do great, uh, a great job with, um, with covering the Broncos, but you also take an NFL perspective from things and you mentioned the Jags and what they bring. How do you think this game is shaping up with, with two teams that that should certainly be on the come up? Maybe the Broncos are, are, are more on a fast track though. It's a really interesting question. And I think for the Broncos, when you're looking at bringing in Russell Wilson and seeing what he can bring to this team, I, like I'm not going to lie lads. The minute he came into this team, I thought we're going to London because the NFL want to market it that way in terms of the in terms of the actual roster like jacksonville it's honestly you just don't know what you're going to get i mean whenever they turned up against miami last year i thought they were going to be completely destroyed and even then the dolphins were nothing special i know they've changed a little bit now and they came in and they grinded out a victory and urban meyer was a happy man and i was obviously <laughs> a lot of things happened after that there but i think for the broncos you know obviously i'm i'm delighted we, we brought back melvin gordon with Javante there and, and a solid group of wide receivers and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy with that's like I still consider that defense stacked in my opinion so look I think the pressure is on us to win this game like there's no doubt about it but Jacksonville are going to be confident to come to London I guess for them for Trevor Lawrence they've, they've came over they're used to their surroundings it's going to be different for Denver I've seen maybe rumors of uh, maybe Carolina or something the week before um, and sort of get I think I think the Broncos need to get over here early and, and get sort of get in uh, accustomed to the time zone and just be ready for it. I think that's half the battle with this game. Uh, and sure, look, they can get the first flight out of Heathrow, but get over, get accustomed, and just get ready to take on the Jaguars because I personally think there shouldn't really be any excuse. They should be winning this game. I mean, I know they haven't got the altitude. That's the only thing. Yeah, you're you're 100 now. Right. Yeah, 12 years ago, the Broncos was... opted not to come over early. They. Yeah. No, Mace, you take it away. I guess you can't hear me then. No, no um, yeah, the cup twelve years ago, the Broncos went out, did not go over there early. They they went over there on, they went over there. I think they flew in um Thursday night into Friday, and yeah, I agree. I hope that they go over early. One thing, playing at Wembley, there have been some issues with the field over mm. the time. Uh, they they. The, fe- the, fe- the field has been slick. There's been complaints about the condition of the, the pitch afterward for soccer, for soccer games. Are you surprised the NFL is going to keep playing at Wembley when they have the purpose-built stadium over at the Spurs? When I left Tottenham Stadium last year, I literally think I said to my friend, like, they're not going back to Wembley. This is too good. But then I can understand why they want to do it. And, like, Shad Khan tried to buy Wembley, was it two years ago? Um the, the one thing I'll say, obviously, that happened a couple of years ago. There was, I think, Tottenham or Chelsea, or it was definitely Tottenham. They were playing there for the whole season, I think, before their stadium opened, if I'm mm-hmm. correct, that year. And um, there's limited stuff going on around then. The World Cup's coming on later this year. Uh, USA has good England as well. And I think England are playing maybe either before or just after that. I, I might be wrong. It's going to be interesting, though, if England do play at Wembley the week before that. That could be very interesting to see what the field's like. But you would think maybe the NFL have got that at a time where they can get it in. The field's interesting. And it's not like Tottenham where, like, I, like for me as a as a non-American walking into an NFL game, I recognize the field looked completely different the minute I walked into the stadium. It's not like that in Wembley. And the players might, it might take the players a few, a few downs to get used to. 
Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I want to take a step back and and look at the Broncos because you talked about some of the the things that they've done this offseason. What are your expectations for the Broncos this year? What what, what defines a successful season in your eyes now that they have Nathaniel Hackett, now that they have Russell Wilson, now that they have Melvin Gordon back? It really seems like George Payton is making a run to not just build this thing over time, but, but to really put together a very competitive team this year. It seems as if George Payton came in 12, 18 months ago and he's, he's had this plan from the start, you know, get someone like Russell Wilson year two and, and use that draft capital. Like this is this was the perfect draft this year to go out and get someone like Wilson and give up that pick and give up the second, you know, just, just over the two years. I really like the way that they've come in. They're young, they're energetic, and it's almost like, it's not like a reboot, but, you know, at that sort of uh, coaching level, it's, it's a reboot. And look, th- this team, hasn't played exciting football over the last few years. There's, there's no point in us denying that. I, I haven't found it exciting. And we have, like, I mean, we We're didn't right have a prime time game last year, for example. I mean, I'm not going to complain about that for one year. It's going to be different this year. I think this year, though, the, the expectation has to be, for me, playoffs. Now, I'm not saying go out and win the West. That should be the, the target from day one. But try and get into the playoffs and see how far we can go. If we can maybe get a wild card win, I, I'd be very happy. I, I think, I feel like we're, we're building something really good here, but we're maybe like just off the very like sort of top level we need to be at. Maybe it's going to take a year for Russell and this offense to gel properly. But look, the only way is up. And there's been teams, lads, that have went to London, for example, the Giants, that they went and won it all that season. So hopefully we can continue one of those trends up and, and be a, another team to head over to London, get a week 11 by and uh, win the Super Bowl. I'd love us to win the West. That would be fantastic. Has there been a uh, a negative effect on the size and intensity of the fan base over there because of the struggles of the last few years? Yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. There's, there's no point in me lying about that. Like, yeah. I feel like 2017, 2018. Like, this might sound silly, but like, you're you're in Europe. You start like a, maybe like a Facebook comment, like a group on a Sunday. You could have four, five, six hundred comments throughout the game from people from Finland to England to Azerbaijan, wherever. And the last two years, it's been it's been quiet. You know, it's it's been difficult to follow, and it's 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 hard to sort of accept when you know like that you've had so much talent there, especially you know youthful talent. Like I was gutted whenever we lost Noah Fant. Like I, I know we had the losing, but I think the last couple of years have just been frustrating and i think it's good because we're sort of turning the page now and it's that sort of um refreshing atmosphere that we need but today has been like the first day in in many moons that uh, i've seen people pop up my twitter that i haven't seen in years so it's great and like it look it's it's a great community and uh, the, the broncos fans over here are great oh man that that is fantastic to hear oh this we got uh, our candlelight joining us What's up, guys? Hang on. Let me fix my... Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Hear you. <clears throat> what up, guys? First of all, Mike, congrats, man. This is a, an awesome day. Super excited for you guys. Thank you, man. Great to see you. Great to see you, too. Hey, so quick thing that I just wanted to pop on and say, first of all, so happy for, for all the international fans. This is so sick. Second thing, if you know, if you or anyone you know owns a bar or you know someone who owns a bar or a pub, um down there let us know hit me up we want to work with them when we're out there we're going to be doing shows from bars pubs 
um, hanging out there. We obviously want to support local spots. So if you know anyone, um, hit me up because we're going to, we're going to do it big and I, I want to make sure we, uh, we do the right spots. I Man, I love it. Be in touch. Love it. Man, All right. Well, that's well, all I had to say. Look guys. at this. We're, we're, we're joined from everywhere in the world right now. And uh, as Ryan pops off, I got one last question for you because we got to let you run, Michael. And we're so pumped that that, that you joined us today. Uh, when the schedule comes out, which we'll find the full schedule out in 12 days from or no, 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 just eight days from now, I believe when that full schedule comes out. We go through the games and pick wins, loss, do that fun thing. We know one game right now. It is Broncos, Jaguars in London on October 30th. So I got to get your first score prediction of the NFL season. What's going to happen here? 34-7. Broncos. Who? Broncos. Oh, man. You you weren't lying about the defense being good. Yeah, and I'll I'll give Jacksonville a pick six just to make them feel better. Thirty-four seven. <laughs> wow. So you're I mean, I, I would say, I mean, throw a pick six. Yeah. The the, th- the thing is, is like the Jaguars' offense should be a lot better because they have competent the, the they have a competent head coach now who's offensive minded, and they have better receivers, and the Broncos' defense, uh, new defensive coordinator, wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit worse. So calling for only seven, which is the same amount the Jaguars got last year in Jacksonville. That's a bold statement. <laughs> We're going to look, it's going to be lads. We, we need, you see all the comments there. We need to turn this into a de facto home game. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Positive vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think it'll be, I actually thought it was going to be the bills week one. I think it's going to be us against the Rams. I don't know why now. I just have a feeling as well. Late nights. Mm. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. And thank you so much for joining us today. You guys got to give him a follow on Twitter. He is absolutely fantastic. The work you guys are doing is fantastic. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael underscore NFL. I mean, what what a great name as well on Twitter. That was a great grab. Thanks so much for joining us today. Guys, thank you very much. See you uh, in five months. Yes, right on. We will see you there and we'll be partying with you all week leading up to the game. Thanks so much, Michael. See ya. Hey guys. Man, that was awesome to have him on. And Mace, I want to get your reactions to this game, what to expect, what we should expect from the schedule surrounding this game, because I don't think just one game. I think there's some other pieces starting to fall in place. But first, I got to tell you to come by the DNVR bar. It is the best place to watch playoff hockey. Last night, the bar was popping as the abs were popping up. Man, what a game to start the playoffs and just another reason why the mile high city is feeling extra special today and of course you can come by for happy hour every day from three to six where we've got drink deals going on it's a great place to get some delicious food watch playoff hockey of course swing by for a rockies game as well we want to see you at the bar and of course we are doing this show on youtube but if you go uh, if you go to the dnvr.com you can get everything that you need from our website to cover Denver sports. It's all there at thednvr.com. When you sign up for an annual membership, you get a free shirt. So make sure to check out everything we've got going on. And if you are tuning in on YouTube, hit us with a thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. Subscribe and turn on uh, the alerts so you know when we're going live. 
Also, check out our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, of course. So we've talked about whether uh, the fact or the fact that you can get Breckenridge beers per, perhaps every, anywhere in the country. Uh, if you want to have some Avalanche Amber Ale to uh, celebrate the Avs being in the playoffs, celebrate their big win uh, last night in game one of the first round of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, you can do that. Find the, the, late, the nearest place to you that offers those delicious Breckenridge brews, either in cans and bottles or um on tap at the Breck Beer Locator. You can find that on the uh, Breckenridge Brewery uh, website. If you want to come on down to DMVR Bar, if you're a DMVR member, you'll get a big beer for the price of a small beer, which means you'll get more Breckenridge Brew for your money. So check all that out. And, of course, we're going to uh, hopefully work on getting some Breckenridge uh, beers uh, over there to England uh, for everything going on this fall so you can have a little taste of Colorado when you're over across the pond. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DMVR. And you got to check out our presenting sponsor, DraftKings, where they're giving you an opportunity to get $150 in free bets. All you have to do is bet $5 on any NBA playoff game. That's all you have to do. You don't even have to win. And you get $150 in your account. And one of the very fun things about DraftKings, not only do they hand out free money like this left and right, they hand out profit boosts and odds boosts and so many fun props left and right every single day they're offering something new that is just so much fun. So get in, head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this offer of $150 free in your account by betting $5 on any NBA game. That's code DNVR, DraftKings Sportsbook, 21-year-older only. Customers minimum. deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So, Mace, I didn't get your initial reaction, but I want your initial reaction. Is this good for the Broncos? What What are your initial feelings hearing the Broncos going over to London? My initial feelings are I'm pissed, um, honestly. Oh. I'm so, no, oh. it's not for the Broncos. This is for me because my parents are older and don't really travel. For me, going to Jacksonville was going to Florida and a chance to see my mm. folks. So mm. this is like when when the word started kind of breaking, I'm like, why? You know, I would have loved this years ago or I would have loved right. this against any uh, against opponent not based in Florida. For me personally, I hate this. I, I, so I, you I, would I, you would have loved two years ago when it was against Atlanta. Oh, 100 uh, percent that I, I was uh, completely down, completely down for that. This even though uh, I do like going to Atlanta, especially if it's early in the season, the Braves are playing. But uh, this one, yeah, like for me personally, yeah, I think it's very good for the Broncos. I think it's very good for Broncos country. But like my first reaction, honestly, I do think of things just kind of, yes, I think of how they affect me and my family. And so I'm like, yeah, dumb it, you know. Well, I mean, that, that's very yeah. fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> and especially in your situation, that, yeah. that makes sense. And you know what's interesting is we have Jose in the comment section saying, I'm the, I'm in the same boat as Mason. He's yeah. an international fan, and, and I'm curious why he's not on board with this. But but Mason, yeah, he not mentions right there. You, it's not just you and Jose. And Jose says, Spirit mm -hmm. Airlines from Panama to Jacksonville is less than 100 bucks, and I was going to go. So that's why he's upset. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of people – whether it's uh, people in Colorado or outside Colorado, not be down for this game mm -hmm. in London. And I'm curious as to why. So if you're tuning in on YouTube, hit us with a chat because I, I want to see because uh, I think uh, there is a lot of positivity to this. And especially people in Europe uh, are very excited to this. They get to see their Broncos in person. 
it's much closer to fly from from Paris to London than it is Paris to Denver to catch a game. And of course, there's a lot of fans in London as well. But I, I want to know why some people are upset about it. But I would say there's a lot of positivity. And Mace, I think you have a couple reasons why. Yeah, well, for one thing, from a football perspective, there are even though the Broncos' public pronouncements are going to be excitement over the opportunity, you do have people in every organization who do not like the disruption of routine uh, that that a trip to either to Mexico, uh, but more so going across the ocean to Europe, a trip to England or for uh, for the Buccaneers, a trip to to Munich uh, to go play to go play in Bavaria that there are people in football that don't like that disruption there. The Broncos have a lot of players from that part of the country. From Florida, especially. I mean, they just, yeah. you know, they, they they opened their draft this year by picking uh, Nick Benito, who's from who's from Florida. I, Florida produces an overwhelmingly uh, high ratio of players uh, that are in the NFL. All those guys are thinking of playing in Jacksonville. Okay, great. Um, my parents can, my my family, my friends can drive up and go catch this game, and it, that's kind of an inevitable part of every Bronco game in Miami or Jacksonville or Tampa. Is that you're going to have a lot of players whose families can come to the games. So those guys are, are probably not, not happy with this. And then, um, you know, fans like, like Jose, who said he was going to fly um, from Panama to Jacksonville uh, to, to catch the game. Uh, a lot of the Broncos, as we saw last year in Jacksonville, have a lot of fans down there. Uh, basic, they probably had about half the fans that were there in week two for that game. Uh, so, the fans that, that drove in for the game, they're probably not happy with it. And then, the, and then the only consolation here is that at least they played last year in Jacksonville, which is, I think, one thing that made this particular game kind of more pa- more palatable because it was back to back years. The Broncos playing it would have been back to back years. The Broncos playing in Jacksonville. And another thing, kind of for the Florida angle, is the Broncos do play are scheduled to play in Miami in twenty twenty three as well unless that game gets shipped somewhere else so and then they play and then and then play in Tampa in 2024 so i think from that perspective it's not the worst it's not the worst thing in the world kind of a, a broad uh, big picture perspective but if you wanted to uh, get back to florida uh this year and uh, i think for me personally again my parents are getting older time is of the essence you know i'm I'll I'll admit, like I'm a little bit unhappy about this. I would have preferred another game, uh, another time. So I kind of, so yeah, it's it's not everyone. It's it's not a hundred percent happy. It's a great thing for the organization, I think, to expand footprint. Like Michael pointed out, the fan base over the last few years has kind of taken a hit. Maybe the Broncos playing over there for a game when they are rising again is going to stimulate the growth of the Broncos fan base over across the ocean. So that I think is is going to be a positive. Yeah, I know Joe Ellison and the Broncos were really disappointed when the game in 2019 against the Falcons was canceled because of COVID. But and they likely wouldn't have this game if they would have played that game because the games probably would have been spread out a couple uh, of years more. But it's probably a good thing. They would probably take this trade off hindsight being 2020 because that game, yeah, would have been cool for the Broncos to go out there. But they weren't putting out the best product on the mm-hmm. field. Now they're putting out an exciting product, which once they're out there can probably bring more fans back into their circle and expand, especially because they chose Mexico as their international market. They can bring some more fans from London and the UK over. And Mace, when, when we talk about the, the field and the actual game that's going on, uh, I think this, this does help the Broncos. And, and the reason is, 
Broncos this year have eight home games, nine away games. Now, look, it's not like Jacksonville is the most difficult place to go and win a game. The Broncos did it last year with Teddy Bridgewater. They had no problems beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. I expect the Jaguars to be better this year, but still, you're taking the Jaguars home game away from them. This does not hurt your away. And instead of having one more road game, now you have eight home games, eight away games, and a neutral site game. So it, in that way, it does benefit the Broncos a little bit. And I'm sure the, the Jaguars have a pretty good fan base over there. But from what I've heard, and you can correct me, Mace, what I've heard about these international games is, yes, you do have Broncos fans. You do have Jags fans. But then you just have NFL fans there, too. So uh, I don't think there's going to be a home crowd and a big home field advantage for the Jags. Yeah, and that's why I asked Michael kind of about uh, whether the Jaguars playing on an annual basis has taken. And uh, from what he said, it really hasn't, not to the point where the Jaguars can have any kind of measurable home field advantage. The environment, for those who have never been, it's kind of, and I guess if you haven't been to a Super Bowl, you probably uh, wouldn't get it because that's what I'm going to compare it to. It's like a Super Bowl in that you go to every Super Bowl and you've got all 32 teams' jerseys represented in the stands. You have right. clusters of fans for the teams competing in the game, but then you have a lot of fans who are just there to watch a football, there to watch a big football game. Um, now one thing that has kind of evolved over time is that as there have been more games played in London and now in Munich, you've seen, I think more of the fans of each team have a higher percentage of the crowd than the neutral, than the neutral fans, because those neutral fans kind of had, they have more opportunities to scratch the edge when the Broncos played the 49ers over in London back in back, back in 2010. And there were, yeah, I think I think that may have been uh, the one game that took place uh, that year uh, in London. It was very it was very much uh, some Niner fans, some Bronco fans, but a lot of fans are like, okay, this is my one chance to see live professional football without having to cross the ocean, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be there. And it definitely is a, a crowd that comes from across uh, all across Europe, like Michael mentioned, with some of the Bronco fans uh, that are buying tickets from from all over the continent. So I do wonder how. In the future, these crowds are going to be altered now that you're starting to play to add Germany as a market as well. Will you have fans that say, OK, I'm going to go watch the NFL game in Germany because it's a little closer to where I am than London. And what does that do for the London crowd? They got obviously the three games over in London this year, two over at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and one over at um and one at Wembley, the Broncos are going to play. So maybe the, the dynamic of the crowd is going to look and feel uh, a little bit different uh, uh, for this game than it has uh, for some of the uh, the games in Europe. And I would say that's probably going to be the Broncos' advantage. I think you'll see many more Bronco fans there than you did back in 2010. Mm, I, I like that a lot. And Mace, the Broncos are one of five international games. I want to run through the other ones really quick and tell me where this Broncos game stacks up in, in terms of interest. The Vikings playing the Saints. You have the Giants playing the Packers. Then in Munich, that, that Germany game you're talking about, you have Seattle playing the Buccaneers. And then in Mexico City, you have the 49ers playing the Cardinals. Where does this stack up in terms of good games, uh, good international games? Okay. Um, well, are we talking about matchup or are we just kind of talking about fan bases and atmosphere? Uh, matchup, the actual game itself. Okay. I think, I think the best matchup is 49ers Cardinals on this list. Yep, I totally agree. And, 
And I think it was also really important for the NFL uh, in going back to Estadio Azteca in Mexico City to have a real, a nice quality game for that. Yeah. They get a divisional game. They get two teams that were in the playoffs last year. Uh, that should be a pretty, a pretty nice, pretty competitive uh, uh, Monday, Monday night game. And then in, in terms of competitiveness, the problem is like Broncos-Jaguars. I think we expect the Broncos to win. I think we expect the Broncos to win comfortably. And that's why in terms of a, co- a competitive game, quality of the game, I think the next one on the list is probably uh, Vikings-Saints. Yeah, the two team, you know, the Vikings uh, missed, the, missed the playoffs by a, couple of game, by a couple of games, but in what is still a pretty shaky division in a conference that doesn't have the depth of the AFC, uh, both of these teams look like they're going to be in the playoff conversation. It wouldn't surprise anybody if these are two wild card teams out of the NFC. Remember, the Saints were five and two uh, with the, in the games that Jameis Winston started last year. They, I always say, the Saints believe in Jameis Winston much more than anybody else does, but they <laughs> believe they're a play. And the moves they've made, like getting Tyron Matthew in there, the Saints believe they are a playoff team. And the Vikings believe that a few tweaks are going to make them a playoff team. So I think, I think, the, and then you get to the other games, which are on paper somewhat mismatches. I'm just going to yeah. say Broncos, Jaguars, third because of, of the five. Because there's the element of potential surprise with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Doug, uh, Doug Peterson coming in, the upgraded receiving core, the Jaguars could be a pretty exciting team, if not a winning team. Uh, frankly, I think Green Bay will dominate the Giants, and I think the Bucks will crush the Seahawks over <laughs> in Munich. So I think it's a solid th- third on, on the five international games. How about you? Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty close with you. I think you made a good argument for the Vikings in the in the in the Saints battle. I'm gonna put the Broncos ahead of that one with that one being close to them. And the reason is the the quarterbacks. And we know what Russ brings to the table. Trevor Lawrence, we know what he should bring to the table. And boy, I think he's going to be much better this year. I think they they made a massive upgrade, not just for their football team, but for their quarterback specifically, going from Urban Meyer uh, to Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, uh, a, a guy that I talked very highly about this offseason I think he's going to be really good for Trevor Lawrence at least early on we know that there could be some issues later in his tenure uh, like there was with the Eagles so because of Trevor Lawrence Lawrence's potential I'm gonna say this game I do think the Broncos still win this game but but I could see it being an exciting game uh, almost a shootout potentially and that's if everything goes right for for the Jags of course then again if we're talking about kind of uh, the, the quality of quarterbacks how much of a bump uh, does the game in Munich get because Tom Brady's on one side. Oh, even of though course. Drew, a, a, even a though Drew Locke or Geno Smith is on the other. By the way, Pete Carroll says Geno Smith is ahead of Drew Locke right now. Oh, wow. Because he's been there and been in the okay. system, but still. Okay. And then, of course, in Giants-Packers, you've got uh, the two-time MVP. Yep. Uh, or two-time reigning MVP yep. on one side. With all respect to Russell Wilson, You've got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in these other games. And actually, you kind of look at this, and uh, that that's another thing that three of these four games that are going to take place in Europe, of course, Niners-Cardinals is going to be in Mexico City. Three of the four games that are on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean involve Hall of Fame-bound quarterbacks with Wilson, mm-hmm. with Brady, and with with Rogers and in particular, I know uh, g- having Green Bay involved. That's a that was kind of a big get for the NFL to get the Packers and get Aaron Rodgers uh, over there for a game. Because, like for example, years ago when the Packers played at Jacksonville, 
the league wanted to relocate that game to London, but the Jaguars said no. Like the Jaguars, they're going to want certain games, certain opponents to play at home. They didn't want to give up a Packers game uh, with with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, for example. Uh, they're not the, the, the Jaguars aren't going to give up Tampa Bay. Co- Tampa Bay coming in with Tom Brady, uh, right. if that's the case. Uh, there, I think uh, again. One of the things that made this palatable was the fact that the the Broncos were just there this past year. So there's kind of a delicate balance here, and it's why you don't necessarily see the Jaguars most years, the Jaguars' most prominent opponent being selected as the game that gets, gets played over in Wembley because they do want to play some of their big and more infrequently occurring opponents over in front of their home fans. It's, it's, it's a fine line to walk to, to walk in terms of this schedule. And what's really interesting is the the NFL isn't just sending the bad teams out to international games anymore. Six of these 10 teams have first-round quarterbacks. Five of these teams, their quarterbacks were drafted in the top five picks in their respective drafts. So they're sending some high-profile names, and it makes sense to send Russell Wilson. It makes sense to send Trevor Lawrence. It makes sense to send Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, those guys over there. And Mace, I have one more thing that I want to touch on when we're talking about this is you mentioned yesterday how this sets up for the Broncos likely having a bye right after this game and how that would be pretty much a perfect bye week, the first week of November, right in the middle of the season. It would literally be in the middle of the season. It would be week nine directly in the middle of the season. My question to you is, is that a guarantee? Because in my mind, it it, it seems like the NFL has made it a guarantee in the past. It, it it was a guarantee at one point. It's not something that is guaranteed now. They've kind of they've done a lot of experimenting with teams going over there because for a while it was you always got the buy after you went over there. Now, as there have been more games, it hasn't always been possible to accommodate this. So, mm. so that's something that is up up in the air. Now it is possible that the NFL told the Broncos. Okay, you're kind of you're playing. You're coming from the western half of the United States. We'll make sure we take care of you. The other thing to watch here, Zach, is the game before, because if the Broncos do go over there for the full week, I don't think, for example, they're going to play in L.A. uh, in Las Vegas the previous week. I think it's possible they could play at home, but. We've seen some Western teams that have gone over to London for the week request an East Coast game or yep. just a game that is well east of where they are uh, the week before to minimize uh, the flight, maybe to, to cut like an hour to, to cut an hour of time off the flight and also prevent you from having to go kind of back and forth and crisscross uh, the, the country back and forth before you make that trip over uh, overseas. So. If that's the case, then you might look for the game before the Jaguars game to be in Carolina, possibly the Baltimore game. And even though it's central time zone, not too far west, the the game in Nashville against the Tennessee Titans as possible games that you see the week before if the Broncos are going to spend the whole week practicing in England.
Yeah, 100%. You, you nailed it, Mace. The Broncos are not going to play the Rams the week before. They are not going to play the Chargers on the road the week before. And they are not going to play the Raiders or the Seahawks. So, I mean, that, that eliminates four of their road games. We already know that one of their road games, road games, I put in quotations, is going to be in Jack, or in London. So, it's really down to, to three games before. Now, the Broncos could play at home. But, man, if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, who, by the way, he had an interview with DenverBroncos.com this morning. And just as in classic Nathaniel Hackett fashion, he's as pumped up and fired up and excited and happy about this as anyone in the world. And he said he still hasn't made decided exactly what he's going to do in terms of are they going to fly out on Monday and spend the whole week there and get adjusted to it, like like Michael said earlier, or are they going to fly out Wednesday or Thursday, practice most of the time in Denver, and then fly out? Well. If if it's he probably is waiting to find out exactly who their opponent is before, because right. if they play in Denver, maybe you do wait until Wednesday or Thursday to go out. But if you are playing uh, on the East Coast or in Tennessee, you absolutely just go out Monday, get some time to get ready for the game because the Jags already have a two hour start on you or a four hour flight start on you in getting to London. So that's something you got to take into account as well. So I think he's waiting on that. But Mace, from his tone, I think that he would ideally like to go to the East Coast the week before and then fly straight to London right after. Well, there's another thing also in play here, and that's something that we talked about uh, with Michael, and that's the kickoff time. This is not a 5 p.m., 6 p.m. England time kickoff here. That would be 11 a.m. in Denver. This is going to be an early game uh, at 7.30 Denver time, 9.30 a.m. East Coast time, um, depending on, again, I think actually based on the, uh, on, the, on the time change, I believe it's actually going to be at 1.30 p.m. London time because of just how because it, there, there's that like I said there's that week where instead of being seven out in the, in the fall and then a few weeks in March where instead of being seven hours back of England uh, Denver is six hours is six hours back but even so playing that game early is going to is going to mean that you probably need to go over there for the week and adjust it's the general, the, the general consensus on time change and how it affects people is that it you, to get fully adjusted, you have to budget an hour a day. So if there are if if there are um from kickoff from on for on game day it'll be uh, six hours. The rest of the week it'll still be seven hours. So if you've got a if you've got a six seven hour time difference, you're looking at basically the bulk of the week to really get fully adjusted. Then on the backside of that, you would hope that they give the Broncos or buy or maybe even have them playing uh, on the following Monday to give them a little more time to readjust back to the mountain time zone. And hopefully uh, when the league draws this up, they will be uh, they'll they'll be favorable on how they uh, go about uh, drawing this up. Yeah, and I, the NFL better give the Broncos a bye week the week after, or else then this is something where I will probably shift my tone a little bit. Although I love the Broncos going over to London, if they have a game the week before and the week after, 
Mace, that's just going to be a really tough ask for the Broncos to go win all three of those. It's going to be a really Mm -hmm. tough ask to ask the Broncos to go win two of those. So the NFL would be doing a massive disservice to the Broncos if they don't have a bye week the week after. And that's when I'll switch my tone because uh, football comes first in this equation in terms of winning. And that would, I think, significantly hurt the Broncos. And selfishly speaking, um, I've got I mentioned my parents in Florida. I've got um, uh, and my wife and daughter are mostly in Wisconsin now. Selfishly speaking, I'm hoping for a buy after this as well, because I would rather not have to kind of go back and forth. If they, if, if there's a buy after I'll probably just fly to the, to the Midwest, save a little bit of time and, uh, and then, and then hang out with the family in Wisconsin over the buy. And, Wisconsin plays a home game that that weekend after as well. So um, selfishly, I'd like to go to that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm losing something here. I'd like to at least get something get get something positive out of this uh, out of this travel thing. So uh, that that's what I'll take. I, I think we will get that bye week. And something that you can get guaranteed is Light Shade Dispensary. You can get Ripple at Light Shade Dispensary, which is a fast-acting dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. And it starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. And they've got so many things over at Light Shade Dispensary at their 11 Denver Metro locations. But their Barnum location is their biggest and their best. It's one block off. 6th Avenue and Federal Boulevard, and it is offering specialty products that are not offered at other locations. And the great thing about any light shade, whether you're online or in one of their 11 stores, if you use the code DNVR, you'll get 25% off all non-sale items. That's code DNVR over at lightshade.com or in any of their 11 stores. So check them out and use that code DNVR over at Lightshade Dispensary. Mace, let's talk to the people and let's get started with a super chat first to get this go- to get this third segment kicked off and it's coming in from troy and it's just a super sticker well thank you so much troy we really appreciate that if you've got a comment you want us to read drop it in the comment section but thank you troy we really really appreciate that and let's head over now to the comment section on the website and if you want to get your comments read go to thednbr.com click on the podcast tab at the top a drop down menu will come up Click on Broncos podcast. Once you click on that, click on the first one that pops up. That's our most recent pod. Scroll to the bottom, and if you're a member, your comments will appear on the screen, and we will read them on the next day's podcast. So let's jump in right now. First one coming in from and Pastor Rhett, I see your comment. We did read that one yesterday. We really appreciate it. First one coming in from Melbourne Bronco says, my boys, I agree with RK and Mace. Tomlinson gets the start week one, and I think he gets the first reception. My reasoning is if Tomlinson gets that first pass, the op, the opposing defense says, hey, he's only a blocking tight end. We better pay him more attention. Every second forcing an op- opposition to do more work on you is a bonus. Cheers, and let's ride. I like it. Same reason I like the idea of uh, throwing to him uh, in goal line short yardage. Just make everyone think that you have to, to account for him uh, as a pass catcher in, in some way. It's why uh, last year one of the few things I did like from uh, Pat Shermer uh, was his willingness to throw uh, with three tight end package packages from time to time. It kept the defense honest. You know what is crazy? We put out a pod poll yesterday. Uh, You and Ryan both thought that Eric Tomlinson would get get the start week one. We just had a comment from Melbourne Broncos say that Eric Tomlinson would get the start week one as well. Our pod poll after uh, after the show, and you can find this over at DNVR underscore Broncos on Twitter, was who will be the Broncos week one starting tight end? Albert O got 
82% of the vote. Eric Dulcich got 16%. He's the guy that I thought was going to. Eric Tomlinson got 2% of the vote. So, I mean, 2% of people, that's pretty much you you and RK Maze. <laughs> well, uh, I would argue this. It's a public poll. Albert Okwebunam is much more well-known by the public that is Broncos fans than uh, a newcomer like Eric Tomlinson, a rookie like Greg Dulcich. I think that's a uh, the, the clear reason is familiarity. You're, vo- you're voting for the name that you know. Yeah, and and it's a good point. I just found that very, very yeah. interesting. And we have another super chat coming in from Rise Stand nineteen, and it's coming in in pounds, which we know that we know where he's coming from. He says, "Can't wait to see my first Broncos game at Wembley," and we can't wait. I, I, Mace, I've never been to London. I, I've certainly mm-hmm. never seen a an international football game, so I'm pumped for this as well. I may have to go. I got to go find my old photos from there, like the one of uh, uh, when Chris Cooper was playing. They had a practice at a cricket ground. And so wow. before the practice, the they actually um, had a few players, including Chris Cooper, that were, you know, that that were trying their their hands at cricket, as it were, and uh, didn't always didn't go all that well. The other thing I liked is that in the back of the press conference room at this place, there was like a full tea setup. Like what you see for coffee over here, it was for tea over there. You know, the little, the little, the little cubes of uh, brown sugar and regular yeah, sugar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do you take, you, you, you take a little milk in your tea, you take the sugar. It's, you know, it was, it was, it was terrific. I am going to disagree with something that just came in uh, in the comments with Jose uh, saying that the food, London is a beautiful be- city. And yes, the food sucks. The, the food does not suck in London. Okay. Mm. I mean, I think, the thing about London is much like uh, New York or Chicago or Los Angeles or San Francisco. You're talking about places that are very cosmopolitan. And you can get basically any kind of cuisine you want from around the globe of reasonably high quality somewhere in London. It's it, it's a it's got it's it's very it's vibrant in terms of the quality of restaurants and the food over there. So uh, Jose, sorry. Got to completely disagree with you on that. The other thing is I'm waiting for the Premier League schedule because, you know, maybe it'll work out and I can uh, see see Man City play that weekend. That would that would make the trip amazing for me. Man, yeah, it would. And you're, and you're rocking Man City right now. Yeah. So you big, big day to today. That. Big day today. <laughs> what do they got going on? Oh, uh, second half, uh, the, the second game of the uh, two two leg Champions League tie against uh Real Madrid City's got a one nothing lead going down to uh, the Bernabeu for for this. So uh, it's probably the maybe you, you could argue the biggest day in the club's history. So wow. no, pre- wow. no pressure. So <laughs> you were you were underselling it when you said it was a big day. It's, it's, it's maybe the biggest day. Never, yeah, because I mean, they've never been to a Champions League final before. And this is the this is the uh, this is the game and the moment that stands in the way. So uh, wow. like I said, wow. it, no, no, no pressure on Pep and the guys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Next one coming in from Omaha. He says, is it just me or do the Chargers literally always sign our defensive cast offs? And of course, the, the most recent one that happened yesterday, Bryce Callahan going over to the Chargers and Mace. Come on. It just so reminds me of what happened exactly two years ago where the Broncos slot star cornerback Chris Harris Jr. joined the Chargers exactly what Bryce is doing it's not just defense I mean Virgil Green went uh there for a few years after being a Bronco Michael Schofield mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. 
became actually uh, became a good uh, rotational uh, and and, um, and swing uh, backup who has started for them. I mean, yep. when you think back of what Michael Schofield went through uh, back in 2015, going against uh, going against Khalil Mack, he mm-hmm. goes out he goes out to the Chargers. He ends up he, he plays three years and really and then and actually four years because he came back uh, during the 2021 season. He's now a free agent. Basically, going to the Chargers uh, extended his career in the end uh, by by five seasons. So he's he's put in eight years. He's uh, fully vested in the pension, and he he found his way. I mean, he wasn't a uh, he wasn't a Pro Bowler by any means, but he became a solid contributor, a solid a solid starter for them at, at times as well. So it's you know, and, and Virgil Green had some solid moments there as well. So I don't think it's it's really just guys go from uh, Denver to to LA for, for whatever reason, except Melvin Gordon did the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Melvin's the one that Russell, kind of flipped that Russell Okung as well. Also yeah. went to the chargers after being here in Denver for a year and, and started for three years too. Mace does, uh, does, what are your feelings on Bryce Callahan going there in terms of a football perspective, not like an emotional perspective is, is that bad for the Broncos? Depends when they play him. I mean, if, if Bryce <laughs> Callahan, uh, misses, uh, the, the, the three to, uh, six games that he misses most years. Of course he missed the entire season back in 2019, as we know, but most years he's going to, he's going to be down and injured for three to six games based on uh, the trend of the rest of his career. So if you play the chargers and Callahan's not in there, then Hey, no worries. If you're playing in in one of those games where Callahan plays, well, he's going, he's going to be a a tough nut to crack as it were. He's still one of the better slot corners in the league. The reason he's not back is the cliche, the best ability is availability. And unfortunately, Bryce Callahan not available often enough to where the Broncos want him back, and that's why they went with K1 Williams. Yeah, and uh, not Rusty Shack for Ford said, did they let Chris Harris Jr. go? Chris Harris's contract was expired; he was only on a two-year deal, uh, and he is a free agent right now. And he's made it clear that he he wants to wait until training camp to uh, to sign with the team. So uh, we'll see if and where Chris signs. Probably not going to be here in Denver, and I'm touching on wood unless there's an injury that pops up. And I think that's kind of what Chris is doing is mm-hmm. one, he probably doesn't want to have to do off-season workouts. Uh, and then two, he wants to see if a, if a big opportunity opens up for him to be a starting slot corner somewhere. Right. And the other thing, of course, by doing that, he can look at the, he can look at the market, he can uh, gauge the situation, and then, especially if there's a contender that has an injury at cornerback, if they're interested in Chris, I think he's going to sign. So, yep. you know, again, you knock on wood, Broncos are a contender. If something happens to one of their uh, top three or top three cornerbacks, I think you'll see them give Chris Harris Jr. a call and, and bring him back. But I think that's the case for a lot of teams. I think if KC has an injury at corner, I think if um, oh, if man. It just you can just you can go down the list: Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Uh, Dallas, of course, he's uh, from the the Metroplex, uh, the even the chargers, if they have an injury, uh, wouldn't close the door on them bringing him back. But that's, that's what you see a lot of veterans do as they get to that point. And back when Russell or pardon me, Peyton, Peyton Manning was Denver's quarterback. The Broncos benefited from this. They, you know, you think back to 2012 in August of that year, they signed Jim Leonard, who's their third safety. And then also became their 
Oh, I think we lost Mace for a second here. So I'll just hop into the next one coming in from Wabo says, Hey guys, I listen or watch your pod every day and my first time commenting. And what a silly thing to comment on, but I think you're way too worried about Dulcich's 40 times, Zach. Here's an exercise. Open your phone to stopwatch. Double tap the start and stop button as fast as you can. It'll probably be somewhere between 0.13 and 0.2. Two. That quick tap is the difference between a 4.6940 and a mid to low four fives. Anyways, love you boys. Thank you for all the entertaining content. And we'll try to comment more from now on. Well, Wabo, I mean, you're right. It, it is a very short distance. But when when we talk about the, the 40 times and guys coming out of the combine, we're talking about these small, small fractions that do make a big difference when you're in the NFL. And so I agree, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but then why is the 40 times such a big deal? And if you are going to have this argument, then you also can't be saying how KJ Hamler is a guy that was in the four twos. You can never use his speed, his potential 40 speed uh, for him. It doesn't go both ways. If you want it to, if you, if you want to say how fast KJ Hamler is because he could have ran a, a four, two or a four, three 40. Well, there's actually a big difference. If you're a speed guy at a four, three or four five, you're not really a speed guy. If you're a wide receiver and you're running a four five, you're, you're fast, but you are really a speed guy. If you're a four, three, and that's, those 0.2 seconds of a difference, that's what we're talking about with Greg Dulcich uh, and, and Noah Fant and Alberto is that time difference. Uh, and again, I'm not so worried about it. I just think that he's not going to be a vertical threat burning past defenses like he was in college. I think he's just going to have to adapt his game a little bit. And when I watch the tape, I certainly see his ability to be more of a a deeper possession guy, if that makes sense. Instead of going 30 yards to get open, he's going 15 yards to get open. But I don't think he's a Travis Kelsey where he's going seven yards to get open. I do think he has a little more speed than that. So that that's where I'm at. I'm not worried about him being able to, to play in the NFL with 4.69 speed. It's just his role isn't going to be a, a burning tight end because that if anyone has that role, it certainly is Alberto on the Broncos next one. But, but I love hearing your perspective. Next one coming in from Lou Drox says, my boys, I'll keep this brief gents. I live an hour from London. Go there lads. If you need any tips on best restaurants, pubs, etc., then let me know. Hope you boys can make it over and maybe do a live pod in a London pub with the UK Broncos country. Let's go Charlie. And then we also have C Fillmore chiming in with that. And as Ryan said earlier, we're not only going to be there, we're going to make a week out of it. We're going to be there doing live pods every single day. We're going to be having parties at local pubs and bars every single day. We are going to make this such a fun time to be a Broncos fan, to be an international fan. We love everyone who's there to, to come hang out with us. And, and of course, if you're coming from Denver, we love a reunion in, in London as well. And Mace, welcome back. The last one coming in from Orange Blue for Life says, so far it seems I may be the only one not excited there is a London game. I know I know at least one other person <laughs> says, but excited for the rest of the schedule to come out. Plan on coming to town for the 49ers game. I love that. And we will find out the rest of the Broncos schedule one week from tomorrow, Thursday, I believe at 6 p.m. Denver time. 
The 12th of May was when we find out the rest of the schedule. Two hours before at 4 p.m. Denver time, we find out the Broncos' first home game, I believe. So we'll know the whole schedule. We'll be breaking it down. We'll be doing that silly thing where you go win-loss, win-loss. Uh, very way too early. We'll be doing that in just over a week. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that silly thing, that way too early prediction. <laughs> but we've, we've already done that. We didn't do it with the order. We, just, we already did that uh, with Ben Albright several weeks ago. We did. We we yeah. did, but now we all, now we, we, we got to see what changes. Six? What? Didn't we all come out 11 and 6 or thereabouts? We did, and I'm curious yeah. after the draft whether what the Broncos did, didn't do, what other teams did or didn't do in the draft, if that changes at all with the Broncos having a bye week after the international game, how that changes, if it changes anything. Because my guess is, like you said, we all came out 11 and 6. My guess is someone's different. Okay. I I'm actually going to guess that it's the same. Okay. Or it's the same or maybe even worse. Ooh, okay. And if you could, because here's the reason you, you mentioned the draft. Other teams had more draft capital and probably got better than the Broncos did in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. It's a quality of capital thing. Right, and that's very fair. We we know the Chiefs had you know two first-round picks. The Chargers had one first-round pick. The Raiders, well, they didn't even have a pick until after the Broncos had two picks. Uh, but two teams did have opportunities in the draft in this division to get better than the Broncos. And and that's something, man, I can't wait for the whole schedule to come out. This is, this is just a little taste of what it's going to be like. We're going to get 16 more in a week. And then you get, for example, a team like the, Car- the Cardinals that you could say uh, – you know, they, they lose Hopkins for a few games, but uh, yep. they picked up Hollywood Brown. Right. So it's it, so if you get the Cardinals later, you know, we, we we talked about the Cliff Kingsbury fade. Maybe they don't have the same fade because later you have both Hollywood and DeAndre Hopkins available and Trey McBride. So that's uh, that, that might be a game to kind of keep your eye on that could where the prediction might change. It's it's a really good point and I can't wait to break all of this down, but that will do it for us today. Big shout out to our friend Michael McQuaid for joining us. Cool of Ryan to hop on. Mace, thank you so much for rolling with me. I've really enjoyed this podcast and thank you all for rolling with us. Please hit us with a thumbs up on your way out and give us a five-star review on iTunes. We really appreciate every single one of you for rolling with us and we'll talk Talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos. Roll out the truck and took a country drive. Now understand that you need some time. I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying cotton. Take it back